0: Good morning. So remember what Gary preached about last week? Ah, figures. (laughs) I think he preached about God's talents, what God gives you. Look at that band we just had. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? So I'm pretty nervous today for some reason. I have no idea why. But uh, for one, Gary's here. (laughs) So that doesn't help. (laughs) He could leave if he wanted to. (laughs) But no, the reality of it is is, is I'm going to talk about something today that God put on my heart, and He really he, he's really just uh really ingrained this in me and, he, and He's really put this on my heart. And with the events that have taken place, it's really uh I think is very appropriate for today. And so uh I want y'all to to listen, but I want you to understand my heart that this is what God has laid on my heart to tell you guys today, and how important it is. And the amazing blessing that we can all be. So um, so as we continue the series, No Need to Pray, uh, I prepared a lot for this, for some reason. I, I asked, uh, when Gary said something about preaching, I said, uh, I, I got, just got down on my knees and I wanted to know what it was that God wanted me to share. And I wasn't sure what it was, and uh, so... I, I put a lot together and and prayed a lot about this and talked about this and, you know, and as Gary has has preached, I can't, I don't know how Gary does that walking around like this and preaching and talking. I can't do that. So I'm going to lay that right there for now. (laughs) And so like he taught us uh, these last couple of weeks, uh, God's word is really clear about lots of things and clear about telling us what to do. It doesn't tell us to think about it, it doesn't tell us to contemplate it. it, doesn't tell us to consider it, but those things that the Bible clearly tells us to do. So Sierra and I have been a part of this church now for a little over three years, and I know a lot of you think it's been a lot longer than three years, but it really has only been three years. But then I think most of you understand that uh, I usually say what I think. There's a lot of times I don't think about what I say. I still say what I think. But what I just said is so important. I want each of you to understand that this is not the case with this sermon. I've really prayed over it. I've studied over it. I've thought through it. I've prayed over it some more. And I want to share that for some reason, God has laid on my heart that as a church and as God's people, it's time for us to get our minds right. It is time to do and not just a time to discuss, pray, or to contemplate. So, I was sitting around one day at dinner with Sierra, and I think Gary and Christine were there. If not, somebody else was there, and somebody said something about getting your mind right. And so, my wife thought that I said it so much that she made me a (laughs) shirt that Christine and Gary made for me. So, I got that for Christmas, so... I will say possibly I say that a lot. Um, But what does that look like? What does it take to get your mind right? What do we each need to do to be more in his will every day? What do we need to do to understand the things we are supposed to do? Aren't we just supposed to follow his words? Isn't that what it's all about? Getting in the word every day, reading, praying, trying to understand. You know, Gary says all the time that the Bible is not difficult to understand, and I can assure you without any doubt that those of you who know me, that if uh, it was difficult to understand, I wouldn't be able to understand it. So it is not difficult to understand. So let's unwrap a couple of things today. So by show of hands, do we believe that the Bible defines sin? How many of us believe we have to pray about sin being sin? So if we believe sin is sin and does not require prayer to be sin, then we should not get hung up on the other parts of the word that talk about the things that we're supposed to do. We're just supposed to do them. There's lots of places in God's word where he says must, and I'm sure if I was like Gary, I'd have this whole thing here that says 372 times it says this, and I don't have that. (laughs) I don't know if he has an app or something, but it's pretty cool that he does that stuff because... I've downloaded some things, and I don't know where those things are. I put in stuff, and nothing. it says, I'm sorry, we have nothing that matches your search. <laughs> those of you that know me, I'm not really computer literate, so it shouldn't be a huge shock to you. So the first time I got up here to teach and preach to you guys was 371 days ago. found that very interesting. It was on my wife's and mine uh, Facebook page, said a memory which was really cool, certainly scary, but it was really cool. It was a it was a huge opportunity for me, and it was a huge blessing for me and my family for y'all to allow me to do that, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate getting to come back. So interesting, the topic that I spoke about was relationships, and so today I want to talk about the same thing, but completely different. I want to talk about your and our and my relationship with God. Now, that unfolds into lots of things. That unfolds into your your family. That unfolds into your work. That unfolds into your spouse, into your significant other, into your kids. But the most important relationship you have is with God. So I want to discuss what it takes sometimes to get our mind right. Now, it's probably unfair of me to assume that each of you need to get your minds right. But I'm going to preach about God's money, which I'm pretty sure is an unpopular topic. And I am pretty sure Gary said that he wasn't going to preach about that, so Gary's not preaching about that. And Gary did not ask me to preach about that either. I'll want you i say that in a little bit, but I want you all to understand. Gary didn't say to do that. But what I do know is that more than once, I've had to get my mind right about God's money. More than once, I've been broke. More than once, I've been wealthy. And I've always sometimes faltered. I remember coming here... Probably the first year that we came here, and uh, we were collecting for the people of our church for Christmas, the people who might have a need, and I remember sitting back over there and, and uh, God saying, you need to go give some money. I remember getting up and leaving, thinking, ah, you now nah, I'm good. I remember about two Sundays later, I came up and I grabbed Gary and I took him over there and I said, hey, uh, God told me to give this to you about two weeks ago, but I decided not to do it until now. And uh, I hope it blesses somebody. So the coolest part about that story to me was three or four days later, we were talking on the phone, Gary and I were talking on the phone, and Christine had gone to to buy some stuff for that one last family, and Gary said, uh, here, take this. David gave this to us. He said, use that, and it just happened to be exactly what she needed. That's God's blessing. So what do you think are some areas that we need to get our minds right in? Do we Do we all have to get our mind right about money? Do we all have to get our mind right about our marriage or our relationships? Do we have to get our mind right about helping others that are struggling? What about life? Do we need to get our mind right about our life? Or do we need to get our mind right about our future? I mean, think about what's going on in the world right now we probably ought to get our mind right about some stuff. No telling. You know, I'm not a uh, theologian like others, but uh, you read the book of Revelations, some of that stuff's pretty clear. The awesome part about all of these things is God has provided a very clear direction in most of these areas. He has told us what to do, told us how to do it, He's told us when to do it. So my question to me and to you are what are we going to do about it? How are we going to do it according to his word? So I think I've already said this, but let me start by saying that... uh, I hope I do not offend anyone today. That is not my goal. It's not my desire. I know talking about money is not cool, and I understand that. But I do want you to know that some of the biggest blessings that I've ever, have, ever have had were caused by money in some way, shape, or form. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but it, uh, it's been pretty interesting to me. So truthfully, I just want to share those things with you and show you what has happened in my life. What's happened to me? What's been the blessings that I have been allowed to give? But more importantly, the blessings that I have been allowed to receive. You know, we talk about money, we talk about blessings, and we talk about helping others. But how many of us have sat on the other side Of receiving a blessing. I know I have. I know I have. I remember one time I was in a men's group, and I had made some commitments financially that I was unable to keep because at that point, first of all, I wasn't managing my money. I was spending it every chance I got. I had none. But I had promised someone that I would do something. I had promised someone that I would take care of something for them, and I didn't do it. And I was sitting there in front of these men, and I admitted that. Admitted to these men that, hey, I I made a promise, and I can't keep this promise, and I don't know what to do about it. And I'm crying. I mean, I was very upset that I had made a promise that I couldn't keep. That day, those men gathered around. They prayed for me. But more importantly, they met that financial need for me. So it's cool to be on the giving side, but what a blessing and an honor it was to be on the receiving side, to be on the side where I got something. So I don't know if you've ever been on that side, but that's just as cool. So I want you to think about that if you decide to bless somebody or if someone decides to bless you. I know a lot of times people's pride, especially men, they let that get in their way. They let pride get in their way, and they, oh, I can't. I can't accept that. Well, you don't know what you're taking away from somebody. You may be taking a blessing away from them. Whether you deserved it or not, God put it on their heart to bless you. Now, you may not be deserving, and I'm confident that day that uh, those men blessed me. I wasn't deserving because i had spent that money nonetheless they were blessed i was blessed for their blessing so y'all y'all men keep that in mind i'm sure none of the women are prideful so sure none of those women would do that <laughs> so the first thing that i had to do to get my mind right was i had to realize it isn't my Or our money. You realize how freeing that can be? How amazing it can be to realize that God has gifted you this money for you to use. So like I said, I'm not real smart. And I need things to get pretty dumbed down every once in a while. So I was looking through, I did find this app. In you version, if you want to look at different ways that the same verse is written, there's about 350 versions, it seems like, and you could pick the one that fits. So if you can't get your mind right about the Bible, just go through and pick your version that fits, okay? But it says in the message, in Deuteronomy 8, 17, and 18, it says, if you start thinking to yourselves, I did all this, imagine us thinking that, And all by myself, I'm rich. It's all mine. Well, think again. Remember that God, I love this part, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth. Even I can understand that. But don't you love that part about... I mean, can't you even see us saying it's all mine? <laughs> I mean, can't you? I mean, it's it's that simple. It's all mine. And then the part I love the most, though, is your God, because he is. He's your God. He's everybody's God. Not just mine. Not just Gary's. Not just Christine's. Not Sierra's and Adam and Adam and Tori and Katie and all my family back there. He's yours. Oh, sorry, Preston, well. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, don't you think that's some people's biggest hang-up? That they think that they earned? They think that they worked for? They think, hey, I paid the taxes on that, that's my money. Isn't that some people's biggest am? I know it's one of mine. My money. I earned it. But the truth is, and it's clear here, God gifted you that money. God gave you that money. God gave you the job. Gary preached all last week about your talents. How many of you have a talent that God gave you that helps you produce money? But what you got to know, what you got to think about, he helped us in our journey of life to provide for us and our families. So now that we all realize it isn't our money anyway, maybe we will be willing to Share it. Maybe we will be willing or more willing to bless others. I know lots of you have heard this, but the Bible talks about money more than prayer, healing, and mercy combined. Now, that would tell me that God was smart enough to understand that we were going to be stupid about money, and he felt like if he told us enough, maybe we would get it. I mean, how many of you have kids? How many of you have to repeat yourself 20 times for your kid to understand or to listen? But that's also the reason that nobody wants me or Gary or anybody to get up here and talk about money. Because that's offensive to people. That's my money. It's none of your business. That's my. That's my money. It's not your business to know what I do with my money. And you know the cool thing is, you're right. Gary said this a hundred times. I don't care what you do with your money. Gary doesn't care what you do with your money. God cares what you do with your money. And you only have to answer to Him. You don't have to answer to any of us. That's what's important. That's what's important for everybody out here to understand, because I I do see there's not that many amens going on. Maybe I'm just not that good at saying what I'm saying. <laughs> so what should we do about his money, and how should we get our mind right? So Matt, Matthew 16, 6, 19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there is your heart there your heart will be also. Now if you think about that It's easy to want to store up here. It's easy to have cool stuff. And I mean, I'm the king of having cool stuff. I'll just tell you. I've got cool stuff. The good Lord has blessed me to have some cool stuff. But the reality of it is that has nothing to do with God's money. Has nothing to do with what we do with God's money. I'm confident If I started to hold God's money like that, I wouldn't have cool stuff anymore. If you never tried that, I challenge you, challenge every one of you. If you've never tried to open that hand, you'd be amazed at the blessings that he would give you. says in Matthew 6:24, "No one, so y'all understand, even I can understand that, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve both God and money." Say that again, no one. That's that part that Gary talks about. So the easy thing is, easy thing with that is, and we'll get into that and we'll break it down a little bit more, but it's God's money. He just lets you hang out, hang on to it a little bit. So how many of us like to spend found money? How many of us love it when we reach in our pocket Get up in the morning, reach in our pocket, we got $20. We didn't know we had it. How many of us like to spend that? Don't we like to spend that? (laughs) So here's the challenge. What if you won $10 million in the lottery? Would you give a million dollars to the church? Let me ask you this. Would you give $5 million to the church? You didn't have $10 million. Most, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but the statistic says that most people who win that kind of money are broke in six years. That's why you see these professional athletes that get paid hundreds of millions of dollars and 10 years later, they're trying to figure out where they're going to live tomorrow. Probably because they held it like this. Probably because they didn't let it go. So if God blessed us, me, y'all, Beyond measure, would we bless others? You know, and at Action Church, I really believe without a doubt, this sermon is probably not for everybody because most of y'all are doing that. You know, like I said when I got up here, I was a little, for whatever reason, I'm more nervous today about telling this because I think it's a subject that people don't want to talk about. But it's so cool, not cool, that's not the right word, such a blessing that there's a family at our church that has a need. And we put out on Facebook, we have a need. And I don't know what we're going to do today. I don't know what we're going to collect today. I don't know what we're going to have today. But I bet you that we, as Action Church, step up and meet that need. So my second point today, which to me is what our church is founded on and what we just talked about, give his money away. It's not ours, it's his. So the question for us is what stops you? What stops us from giving more away? Is it like me when we when we first started here, you know, God said, "Hey, you need you really need to give some money, but you leave the church?" You see this guy on the street corner that, you know, he's got the sign that says I'm homeless, I need some help. And God says, and you got to get this part right. God puts it on your heart to give that guy the money. Let me, un- let, me, let, me th- let me help you with that. If you did what God asked you to do, it's not your responsibility what he does with it. If God lays it on your heart to do something, go do it. Whatever it is, go do it. Because the result is for his glory. What happens with that person or that thing or whatever it is, not your problem. Gary says it best. When we're doing turkeys for Thanksgiving, some people get upset because there's more than one, the same family comes through twice. Who cares? Did you give it because you didn't want? You said, "Oh, Robin can only have one. She can't have two. I'm only going to give it if Robin only gets one." I mean, really, think about that, guys. Come on. What if Robin needs to? What if that's all the food Robin's going to have for the rest of the month? Y'all want to be those people? Oh, I can't eat. Sorry. So truthfully, what is stopping you? So we just saw that it that he gave us the ability to earn, the opportunity to gain, and he wants us to keep it, and this is the cool part. He wants us to keep it and support our family. God doesn't want you to give it all away unless he asks you to. We'll talk about that in a minute, but... He only wants you to give it away, a portion of it. He wants you to support your family. He wants you to take care of your family. He wants you to take care of your children. He wants you to take care of your wife. He wants you to take care of your husband. He wants you to do that. All he asks for is some of it, some portion of it. We'll get into that in a minute. I think we all know about a tithe, but we'll talk about tithe in a little bit. So many of us know of the parables of the bags of gold. We know that God, or that Jesus was telling the story about the master who gave one guy five bags of gold, one guy two bags of gold, one guy one bag of gold. And we all know that the guy that he gave five bags of gold to went and He did whatever he had to do to earn five more bags of gold. And the man who he gave two bags of gold to did the same thing. He went and earned whatever was needed to earn two more bags of gold. But the man with one bag of gold, he went and buried it. Because he was afraid of losing it. If God gives you everything that you need, that's what the word says, and he takes care of all of your needs, maybe you should consider that you shouldn't be afraid to lose it. So when the master returned and he learned what had happened with these three men, that he learned that the the two men, the one with five bags and the man with two bags of gold, doubled theirs, and the man with one bag of gold put his in the ground. The word is real clear about this next part. Matthew 25:21 The master said to the man with the five bags and the two bags, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness." Wow. Wow. But the man who did nothing for the gain of his master was told, this is harsh, you wicked, lazy servant. You should have put my money on deposit, at least on deposit, even if you only earned 2% with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. You wicked, lazy servant. That's hard. Now, we know we serve a mighty God, and we know that he can do all things, but he's also a a just God. You wicked, lazy servant. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be a wicked, lazy servant. So he took the money from the guy who had one bag. Now the other guy that now has ten bags and the other guy has four bags. So he took the money from the guy with one bag and he gave it to the guy with ten bags. And then ordered the man to be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth? That's scary. I don't know what it means, but it's scary. (laughs) Have you ever thought about standing in front of Jesus? Have you ever thought about hearing, well done, good and faithful servant? I mean, maybe it's only me, but I've certainly, 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 falling short many days, but I actually think about that. I think about what that'll be like. I'm just hoping that there's going to be some other people that got there because of something I said or did. But can you imagine how amazing it'll be to fall on your knees and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I mean, isn't that our heart desire? Isn't that what we're... Let me rephrase that. Shouldn't that be our heart's desire? So, what does this have to do with our series, No Need to Pray? The fact is, nothing, not a single thing that we have talked about so far, not one verse that we have read says anything about praying before you to do as instructed in these areas. And that's what Gary started this on. That's what Gary wanted us to hear. There is nothing that I've talked about, not a single thing that I've said, that said, hey, go think about this, go pray about this, go consider this. It's God's word. So God's word is very clear that we are to help others. We are to tithe to our local church. We are to be good stewards of God's money. We are, provide, we are to provide for our needs with his money, our needs with his money. And we are to bless others and help others with the money he has given us. So the third point is tough. Tithe his money to his church. Now it seems like that should be pretty simple. Tithe his money to his church. It's not yours, it's not mine. It's his. He wants us to use some of it for us. As I know Gary said he would not preach about the topic of money for this series, but it's an easy topic. I gotta give him credit it is an easy topic. But, but I want everyone to realize. And this is important. And I did ask Gary before I preached about it. But you know what I do know? Because Gary did not say, David, go preach about money. Gary did not, did, Gary did not indicate in any way that we as a church are not doing just fine. He did not say, hey, we need to have a message about money. This is what God laid on my heart. This is what God laid on my heart to talk to you all about today. As a matter of fact, I'm confident bills are paid. I'm confident we will make it through next week. Pretty (laughs) confident. And I'm also confident that we are blessing others abundantly, and I'm even more confident that there's a special need right this minute that we as a church will meet. So Gary didn't tell me to come up here and say any of these things. But let's be honest. It's not why I'm up here. It's not why I'm saying these things. It's not why I'm teaching these things or talking about these things. Ever since Gary had asked me to preach this week today, I have been in the word, I have been on my knees and asked God to say and show me what he wants me to preach about. Now, I'm not like Gary, I don't have eight sermons. Um, I have two, <laughs> the two that I've given y'all, <laughs> and they're not very good. <laughs> um, and I really, truthfully, when he asked me, I had a whole different path. These weren't the three points when he asked me. These weren't the three things that I thought that God wanted me to talk about. But over the last week or two, I've had a lot of time to uh, think. Got an aunt that's been in the hospital, so I sat in the hospital for five days, for eight hours a day, and she can't really, she's really not communicating right now. So had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to pray, and a lot of time to get my mind right. And when I sat down to write, because I don't know if y'all have noticed, I, I'm not like Gary. I actually had to write everything down because I'm not smart enough to remember all that. And I certainly can't. My memory won't let me preach for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is and, and, have, uh, and have all that memorized. But as I sat down, I started to write what God put on my heart. This is his direction. This is what he wanted you to hear. Maybe it's just what he wanted me to hear. Maybe I needed to hear this message today. So let's talk about tithing. I know tithing is the Old Testament. I know we are covered by grace, not by law. I know God doesn't need our money and I'm confident there'll be somebody come up afterwards and say, well, what about this or what about that or what about, I understand. And I understand tithing is not a great thing to talk about in church. Not sure why. I know it's not a great thing to talk about church. Like we just said, it's not between me and you It's not between Gary and you, it's not between Christine and you or anybody else, it's between you and God. I do hope that some of what I've shared today and some of the things I'm sharing now and have shared with y'all hit home. And possibly that this will allow you to look at your money, which is his money, in a different way. So tithing is the Old Testament. We're sinners saved by grace. So what does the New Testament say about money? So Mark 10, 17 through 22, it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life why do you call me good jesus answered no one is good except god alone you know the commandments you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not give false testimony you shall not defraud others and you should honor your mother and father teacher he declared All these I have kept since I was a boy. Listen to this. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you like, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus goes on to say in 25, it says, He's telling his disciples, He says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I think the key there, I think the key word there is rich. You look up in Webster's, says rich means having abundant possessions and especially material wealth. So material wealth and possessions. Pretty sure God, Jesus, does not want us to be rich. I think he desires us to be wealthy. But see, the thing about wealthy, and Doug Knight used this word a couple weeks ago in a meeting he and I were in. Wealthy is defined... As ample or abundance. Ample in abundance defines so many more things than rich and money. Defines love, defines food, defines shelter finds clothing, that's wealthy. Finds your family, the love you have for each other. Finds the love you have for your church family, that's wealthy. So as we see in that parable, Jesus wants us to be good stewards of what we have And for that, we will be blessed with more. He does not want us to squander what he has given us. So I want us to finish with a couple of questions for each of us to ponder. And I want us to think about a few things. Gary got up here and preached about your talents and how to use those. That's real important. God's given us a lot of talents. The first question I want you to think about is, if you're out here hanging out, having fun, what is your purpose at Action Church? What is your purpose for us? What is your purpose for being here? Think about that. What is our purpose at Action Church? What do we bring to the table? How many of us have been allowed to have more than we deserve? And if we've had more than we deserve, how many of us have used it? This is the most important one. The last one. Are we using God's money as He would have us to use it? Let's pray.